Hello and welcome to this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Today we will be celebrating parenthood and rebroadcasting several commentaries and interviews we've done about fathers and mothers. Our featured artist of the week is also someone who will interest parents of young children, so pay attention. We begin with a commentary from Father's Day 2009. When I was little, I used to have a story about a bunny to whom everyone asked what he wanted to be when he grew up. A firefighter, a construction worker? No. What the bunny wanted was to be a daddy. The last image in that storybook of a daddy bunny putting his little bunnies to bed is engraved in my mind. I wanted to be that daddy bunny. I have always wanted to be a dad. But being a dad is more than just having children. You also have to bring them up. And that's when it gets tough. We have to love them, teach them values, spend lots of time with them so that they catch your values. I think that if we spend too much time trying to make money so that we can take the kids to Disney World or to get a bigger house, the time will fly by. And before we know it, when we have the big house or the money to go to Disneyland, it'll be too late. I don't remember caring about not having the things other kids had, but I do remember playing catch with my dad. I remember him taking us to the little amusement park in town. And I hope those are the things that he remembers too, because at the time of death, It won't matter how much money I made or how many degrees I had. It won't matter how big my house was or whether we went on expensive vacations or not. What will matter is what kind of dad I was and what my kids think of me and ultimately what kind of adults and parents my kids will be. So to all fathers out there, may our God, who is the Father, continue to bless you with the grace of leadership, time, patience and strength that you will continue to excel in the most important job of your life. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. That was a commentary from Father's Day 2009. Here now is our featured artist, Cat Chat, with their song, To Be Like Jesus.
That was To Be Like Jesus from the audio show for Kids Cat Chat, the second album, Jesus in My Heart. Hi, this is Father Tim Devine, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. There seems to be so much research coming out now about the importance of a father in the life of a child, not just boys, but also girls. Some people truly believe that there is a crisis of fatherhood, and I agree with them. So in order to help celebrate fathers, we are joined now by Brian Caulfield of Fathers for Good, an initiative for men by the Knights of Columbus. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio, Brian. Well, thank you for having me, Pedro. Good to be here. Yes. So uh, can you tell us a little bit uh, what Fathers for Good is? What, it, what is Fathers for Good? Well, Fathers for Good is an initiative, as you mentioned, by the Knights of Columbus, um, conceived by our Supreme Knight, Carl Anderson. Uh-huh. And it was launched as a website, fathersforgood.org, about two years ago. And basically, we try to bring the message, a positive message of fatherhood, uh, specifically to Catholic men, but also for other men as well who are not Catholic, about the good news of fatherhood, which is that fathers are important in the lives of their children. They are very needed and uh, that fatherhood is a is a good thing for children and uh, for their for the mothers and and the uh, the wives uh, of these men right now is it just not i don't mean just as in not important but is it just the website or are there more uh, initiatives that are related to fathers for good well the main part of it is the website uh, we do have a couple of pamphlets and uh, booklets uh, related to it um, one that's been of particular interest is a guide to confession for fathers. Oh, interesting. And uh, this brings you through kind of a 10-point uh, examination of conscience and maybe some things that fathers may particularly be interested in and, and thinking about. And it, it's to get men to think about uh, confession and maybe coming back to confession uh, if they haven't been there for a long time. And we also have a couple of booklets. Uh, one is uh, A Man of God. Uh-huh. and a life of virtue, and a man of prayer. And these basically are those uh, topics uh, from the viewpoint of men. Um, you know, as, as much as we share faith, um, you know, men's spirituality and women's spirituality um, can be different, different and yeah. men kind of approach things from a different, different perspective, For sure. more of a can-do attitude and, you know, less of a high spirituality, although, you know, I don't want to discount the great saints uh, who yeah. had that, but... You know, the basic man in the pew kind of wants to know, uh, what do I have to do and how do I get it done? Yeah. A practical kind of uh, spirituality. So we try to go from that perspective. So so that, since you brought it up, uh, you made me think. So do you think that that is a particularly uh, male thing, that men are more geared to uh, to kind of results and, and doing things rather than a female approach that might be more uh, intuitive or relational? I think so, and I think research shows that, and many of our popular books, you know, the Venus and Mars books, yeah. uh, not even from a uh, religious perspective, uh, try to bring that out, and it's something that we need to be aware of. Of course, it's not always the case in every, with every person, and it's not always the case uh, within the lives of every person, uh, but the basic trend is for men kind of to be, you know, the one who goes forward. He wants to be the protector. He wants to be the provider. He wants to be the one to kind of take the lead mm. and to get the answers and to get things done. To solve the problems. Yeah, yes, and, you know, less relational, less communicative, Yeah, and, and things of that sort. So there is a difference, and, you know, men and women need to be aware of it, otherwise they're going to set themselves up for 
kind of disillusionment and disappointment in their relationship. Yeah, conflict. Um, just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm your host, Pedro Guevara Man. We're speaking to Brian Caulfield of the Fathers for Good uh, uh, campaign or the website of the Knights of Columbus. Um, so, Brian, uh, um, why is it necessary? Why do we need Fathers for Good? Well, I think we need Fathers for Good because uh, in the popular media, uh, there's often a trend toward denigrating uh, uh-huh. the man or the male uh, ethic or fatherhood in particular. Um, I don't know how things are in Canada, but I'm sure they're not much it's different the same. Yeah. than here in the U.S. as far as primetime TV, um, as far as popular songs or popular movies. Um, the men often are not uh, the prime movers, and often they're the ridiculous characters or the men who have to be led around uh, by the hand to right. uh, know what they're doing. Um, not all media, of course, but it's a popular image. Right. And the, uh, the idea of Fathers for Good is really to cut against that image and show men that there is a way where they can be productive and they can be involved in the lives of their wives and their children. And not only that, but that it's absolutely essential that they do so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think men and fathers are actually more important to their families than they even uh, suspect or expect. Yeah. And I think the social science research shows that uh, the absence of a father can be absolutely devastating uh, to the lives of children. Right. Um, just looking at the, uh, at you know, the, the research, social yeah. science data yeah. on the outcomes of children who grow up in fatherless homes. No, yeah, I read a, I read a, a, a piece of research just the other day that said about, about girls and girls that grow up without a father are, I don't know what it was, 20% more likely to be involved in, 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 in sexual activity as teenagers, something like that, yeah. I don't want to put you on the spot, but you made me think of something else. Um, I- is there something intrinsically about fatherhood that's related to the fatherhood of God? Yes, well, I, I think so. Uh, we, we deal with that a little bit on the site. Uh-huh. We have, uh, you know, how fathers are essential and how, you know, we're never going to be, you know, like God the Father. But uh, in a way, we have to try to model uh, that fatherhood. Uh, because even as St. Paul says, that all fatherhood comes from the image of God the Father, you know, that image coming down from heaven. And it's for this very reason that a father really needs to pray. Uh, he needs to pray for the guidance. He needs to pray because we're not perfect, as we know, and uh, we can tend to fall if we don't look to God the Father for that model, for that strength, for that help in doing our daily work and doing our daily work at home with our children, with our wife. Um, and we see the devastation of divorce or separation. And, uh, you know, we like to think that uh, if men spent more time praying and praying with their wives mm. and with their families, that a lot of this uh, may be prevented. Right. Do you, what would you say to people who try to uh, uh, feminize God or present God more as a mother um, in terms of that important uh, characteristic uh, uh, of fatherhood, uh, God as father? Yeah, well, I mean, we know from Jesus that uh, he called God Father, and therefore, and he gave us the Our Father. Mm-hmm. So we know we approach God as a father. And this is not to deny, you know, in Scripture, the many maternal yeah. images or sayings uh, regarding, re- regarding God, the, God in heaven. And, uh, you know, it's not to say that men can't have some maternal aspect to them. Right. I mean, I think Nurturing. fathers uh, realize yeah. that if you spend any time with your children, 
um, you yeah. got to be there, uh, you know, drying their tears and, uh, you know, putting uh, band-aids on their boo-boos and things like that. Right. But uh, obviously you do it in, in, a, in a masculine way, and you do it in a way that's appropriate for a father. So, yes, I mean, we approach God as Father, and I think there should be a certain confidence in that. Uh, Jesus had a great confidence in going to his Father and asking his Father, and uh, he gives us that model of someone who has total trust and total uh, belief in the goodness of the Father. So uh, I think fathers need to go to God with that confidence and then bring that confidence and that trust back into the family. Uh, because they have received it, they have been loved by the Father, and therefore they can love, you know, with something of God the Father's love for them. Mm-hmm. So then the website is, uh, is, is there to provide resources, to provide proper role modeling, ideas for fathers, for men. Not, it's not just for fathers, right? It's also for men who maybe aspire to one day be a father, or for sons of fathers, yeah, right. it's, it's it's we try to make it a uh, kind of an open community. You can you know send in your emails and and get answers. Um, we encourage women for wives to go on also. Yeah, and we do we do have women go on and we hear from them and uh, sort of uh, they say I, I'm going to show this to my husband and maybe we can right. talk about this right. issue. Um, in, in a way, it, it gives women sort of an entree into some of the ideas or the concerns of their husbands that they may not have known otherwise, and say. You know, let's talk about this, how fathers are essential. Let's talk about that men don't like to communicate as much, you uh-huh, know. Or and then they communicate about not communicating. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, or communicate differently. Yes. Um, Brian, that's great. Thank you so much. Um, I hope that this has been uh, enough to get people at least intrigued enough to go to the website. Um, so uh, uh, happy Father's Day, I guess. Yes. That's how I should conclude. <laughs> happy Father's Day. And just remember, uh, fathersforgood.org. Yes, thank you so much. That was Brian Caulfield of the Fathers for Good Initiative of the Knights of Columbus. You can check out their website. There are all kinds of resources there, articles, there's videos, there's even, as Brian said, stuff for wives and mothers. So check it out, fathersforgood.org. Hi, this is Sarah Hart, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I'm Pedro Guevara, man. You just heard a conversation I had with Brian Caulfield of the Fathers for Good campaign that first aired in June 2010. Here now from Cat Chat is the song, I Believe. I believe in God the Father, and I believe in God the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe that God is one.
That was the song, I Believe, from the fourth Cat Chat album, The Mask Comes Alive. Hi there, I'm Gerald Mopati, known as the Cat Chat Man. You are listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159, XM 117. Last week in the program, we spoke to Brian Caulfield of the Fathers for Good campaign of the Knights of Columbus. And so we were speaking about fathers and fatherhood. And in, in doing that interview, we came across a book titled Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters by Dr. Meg Meeker. Now listen to this. Girls with doting fathers are more assertive. Girls with involved fathers are twice as likely to stay in school. A daughter's self-esteem is is predicted by her father's physical affection. Girls with involved fathers wait longer to initiate sex and have lower rates of teen pregnancy. There are so many more stats where these came from. And so I am happy to have the author of Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters on the phone with me right now, Dr. Meg Meeker. Welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Now, you know, I, I love, uh, I, maybe it's just my personality, but I love st- statistics. So yes. I loved, I love that. Um, and they make sense to me. These ones do, but maybe for some people they might not. So can, can you maybe give us an example, use one of them as an example, like, and explain why is, like, for example, why, why is it that girls with doting fathers are more assertive? How does that make sense? Well, you know, when you think about it, a girl's identity and, her, and a strong sense of self really comes from her family of origin, her mother and her father. Mm-hmm. And as I try to tell parents often, in a daughter's eyes, dad, even when she's a very young child, has an authority with a capital A. And um, later on, she marries, and her husband has an authority, but it's got a little A, <laughs> you know. Okay. But, but, but in every girl's eyes, dad is larger than life. She needs his attention. She needs his love. She needs um, to feel that he sees her, he loves her, and that she's good. When she has that deep sense, then she will feel more self-confident, Um, she will feel that she's more capable, she's able to do different things, and that will cause her to be more assertive, to stand up for herself, and to feel good about who she is in life. And, um, you know, that goes very much hand-in-hand with the fact that girls who have more physical affection from their father Mm. have a higher self-esteem. Yeah. And, you know, and often we think, well, our, our daughter needs to have a high self-esteem, so I'm going to go sign her up for piano, I'll help yeah, get her no. tutor to get her grades better, and so on and so forth, when really what she needs is more time and attention and some um, touch and hugs from her dad. Yeah, you know, I want to ask, in a way you've already started answering my next question, because I was going to ask you, that it makes sense to me, but how is that different than boys? Because I would say, well, boys also need... Uh, affection from their fathers, and that will help them be more assertive. Um, so how is that different for girls? Well, I don't know that it really is different. Okay. Um, and I, I hope in the very near future to write uh, my book on uh, fathers and sons. Yes. But the relationship, because they're different sexes, um, has a different quality to it. I think that dads um, may be more affectionate with their daughters because they feel safer. Mm. Uh, they don't feel competitive. They don't feel um, the awkwardness of the male-to-male. Yeah. But I can assure you that uh, sons absolutely need the attention, the affection, and the adoration of their fathers because when we think about God, uh, you know, as God mm. the Father, n- adult yeah. men and adult women 
feel a lot better about themselves when we feel that, you know, we are loved by God. Yeah. Now, with girls, is it because um, ideally, uh, I mean, a girl's going to grow up and relate to other men, so how she relates to her dad will predict how she will relate to other men? Very much so. You know, I, I, I like to describe that dad places a template over a girl's heart and mind um, as to how she will relate to men and boys, male figures, mm -hmm. for the rest of her life. If in those early years she learns to trust dad, she learns to feel affection towards him, she feels loved by him, she feels that she can rely and depend on him, then she will automatically feel that way towards her brothers, mm -hmm. her male teachers, her pastors, uh, boyfriends in the future. And um, she will have a much healthier relationship with them because of dad. But the, but, but the other side can happen as well. You know, the, the bad side, if dad abandons her mm -hmm. or uh, she feels that he's cruel to her in some way, she will tend to shut down uh, whenever she's uh, interacting with male figures as she grows older. Or if she's not getting the affection that she needs from her dad, she will look for that, effect, that male attention from other men? Absolutely. And we know that, you know, in 90% of the teenage girls who are sexually active, um, they're not doing it uh, for any physical satisfaction. They're doing it, and they say this, you know, right up front, studies have shown, they do it for male attention. Mm. They have that dad hole, that, that need uh, that, that they, are, they are loved and they are seen and they are tended to by a man. And we know that girls who have a good, healthy relationship with their dad, much less likely to seek uh, uh, male attention in, in boyfriends. Yeah, this is so fascinating. I just want a, a, a note for anyone joining the program at this time. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro. We're speaking to Dr. Uh, Meg Meeker. She's the author of Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, and other books. Um, and I do want to get to some of the other books, but I had one more question. Maybe it's more of a comment, because I have some uh, uh, friends of mine who are dads, that when the, the daughters are little, it's very easy to be affectionate with them, but then all of a sudden the girl turns 13, 14, and then all of a sudden the dads seem almost uncomfortable to be affectionate with them because they're no longer the little girl. They're more of a young woman. Yes. What would and there's another factor. Girls can turn into porcupines when they hit 13. You know, they yeah. dad goes to try to hug them and then they shoot out these yeah. bristles that it says, get away from me. I think what happens is that dads get their feelings hurt very easily when a girl a teenage girl rebuffs them for the first time first time they go to hug them and everything in the girl's body language says get away uh -huh. and i think that dads retreat um but this is a time when i really call the dads to say i know you may feel uncomfortable i know you may feel that your feelings are hurt but she needs you more than ever so learn to relate to her a little bit differently. If you're uncomfortable with a full-on hug um, and you can't sort of make yourself do it anyway, which I encourage dads to do, mm -hmm. touch her on the shoulders, stroke her hair. Don't touch her in public because that's very embarrassing yes. for teenage girls. But she needs your attention and your physical and your touch more than ever. Yeah. So try to work through your, 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 your discomforts, your hurt feelings, 
And just know that deep down inside, regardless of what she looks like, she's still your little girl and she needs you desperately. Yeah, that's that's great advice. Now, thankfully, I don't have any daughters, <laughs> but I have two <laughs> boys, so I'm always uh, also very interested in your other book, Boys Should Be Boys. And we don't have a lot of time, but could you, you talk about seven secrets. Um, so maybe if you can share one or two of them, what, what are some of them and how can we apply them? Well, you know, yeah, there's there's so many. It's hard to <laughs> it, it, it's hard to, you know, to to really know where to start. I think that you know the mo- the most important thing is to understand that boys' needs are very different from girls' needs. Yeah. Boys, right from the get go, are wired differently. They have different genes. They are they are very um, visual people. Mm-hmm. You know, right from the start. And our culture, I believe, and I don't know how it is in Canada, at least through the media United States, is very um, antagonistic, particularly towards teen boys. Yes, and, same And, um, you know, a lot of video games that are, have too much sex and too much violence are marketed to teen boys mm-hmm. and to young boys, too. Since boys are very visual people, they are drawn to um, these things, very bad influence on mm-hmm. them. They are drawn much more so than girls are. And so I think that parents need to be aware that boys need to be um, to find entertainment in other places. They need to be outside, mm-hmm. um, you know, to sort of work the kinks out. They need to be encouraged to recruit their imagination, um, to play outside so that they're not drawn to a lot of video games, mm-hmm. and that they can sort of work out their... Um, you know, their sense of good and bad and right and wrong and evil versus good outside in their imagination. And they need to do that in a very different way than girls do. So keep them away from, you know, the television and the video games as long as you can. Get them outside. Let them play with sticks, climb trees, be boys, because they have to do it. Okay. Yeah, good. Thank you. That's good advice. I, I wish, well, I'm sure I'm going to have to call you back and have you on the show again because we could spend so much more time on this. Um, uh, we've been speaking with Dr. Meg Meeker. She's a pediatrician. She specializes in a child and adolescence, which is unusual for pediatricians, um, but that's great. She's also an author. She's also a wife and a mother. Now, both the books we've been speaking about, uh, uh, Boys Should Be Boys and uh, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, are published by Ballantine Books and available at uh, any bookstore. Support your local bookstore. Um, you can find also more about Dr. Meeker at her website, uh, megmeekermd.com. So Meeker is M-E-E-K-E-R, Meg Meeker md.com we'll put that link on our website as well saltandlighttv.org slash radio um dr meeker um thank you so much for joining us today oh well thank you i'd love to come back and talk about anything you'd like to it's been a great pleasure so have a great evening that conversation with dr meg meeker first aired in june 2010 i'm pedro guevara man this is a special edition of salt and light radio here now is full of grace from the first Cat Chat album, Mary Leads Me Closer to Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen.
That was the song Full of Grace from Cat Chat. Coming up, we will be speaking to the Cat Chat man himself, Gerald Montpetit. But first, here's a commentary from Mother's Day 2009. It's May 9th and the eve of Mother's Day in most countries around the world. Recently, I heard a legend that says that things got heated between prohibitionists and their opponents, and one night the anti-temperance movement kidnapped three sons of local temperance leaders and forced them to spend the night drinking. One of the boys was the son of the local pastor, who was so affected by the humiliation caused to his son that he was unable to finish his sermon the following Sunday. A parishioner, Juliet Calhoun Blakely, she stepped forward and finished the homily and encouraged all mothers to support the temperance movement. Her action, that Sunday, May 13, 1877, moved her sons so much that in honor of their mother, they encouraged other children to honor their own moms on the second Sunday of May each year. Now, not sure if this is true or not, but what is true is that all of us should pick up the phone, call our moms, and thank them for all the sacrifices made for us, and pray that Mary, the mother of all, continue to guide them and intercede for them in this most important job of mom. So thank you, mom, for the gift of life. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is Salt and Light Radio. That was a commentary that aired for Mother's Day in 2009. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. I've always been intrigued by what many experts have to say about the differences between men and women. I mean, clearly there are physical differences. But to suggest that we are not equal could get me in a lot of trouble. Although, equal does not mean the same. I mean, we don't have time to look at both sexes, although that would be really interesting. But today, we'll only look at the better one of the two, the female. What does it mean to be a woman? And to help us out with this, we have in the studio here with us, Therese Nichols, who's been doing an internship with Salt and Light. She's from Australia, and she's just been working on a project on the feminine genius. Therese, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Thank you for having me, Pedro. So, Therese, 20 years have passed since Pope John Paul II wrote uh, an apostolic letter, Mulieris Dignitatem, um, on the vocation and dignity, or sorry, on the, on the dignity and vocation of women. Mm. Um, he introduced this concept that has come to be known as the feminine genius. And I think, I know I am, but a lot of people are still just trying to figure out what that means. Mm. So, what does it mean? The feminine genius. I think, in a sense, it summarizes the dignity of women and it's a call to action to show women their dignity and to show the world and to describe to the world the unique qualities of women and the unique qualities of the feminine genius. And part of it and part of the essence of that is motherhood, both spiritual and physical motherhood. And that motherhood um, requires the action of, is that the heart is the nurturing is the loving is the giving is the sharing okay that's good i was going to ask you i mean about the qualities s- b- wondering what unique qualities women have that men don't have but mm. you said you brought i mean you said motherhood and clearly uh, as a man I, I i don't have that quality but you mm. you said spiritual motherhood what does that mean what is that 
Spiritual motherhood for a woman, for myself, I'm not married and I'm not a consecrated sister. I'm not a nun. I'm a single lay woman in the church, mm -hmm. but I still have a call and a vocation to love through being a spiritual motherhood, um, to care and look out for my brothers and sisters, for other people, to nurture and to... I think something that's beautiful about the woman is that they see what lies beneath. They don't necessarily always concentrate on the physical or on the outside, on the exterior. Okay, but you're saying that men do. No, um, they're Generally? more wired to... So men are more, more wired, wired to, to the be physical, to yes, the look. Okay. That's, yeah, um, yeah I, I accept that. Uh, women, women need and need to give love. They need to serve, and it's the same with men. And I think so often, and through my through discovering the feminine genius through producing this program on the yes. feminine genius, uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about the qualities that women have, and I think about men in my own life who have those same qualities of love and caring and giving, and. Uh, some men have those even more than women. Yeah. I think s we get too caught up in what the differences are between men and women. Uh -huh. The feminine genius is not talking about the difference between men and women and what women have more of. So it's not it's, comparing. It's not comparing. It's not about that. It's about unlocking the power that women have to give love and the power for women to transform the world through through service and through abandoning their self-focused attitudes um, and giving up the pressure. Um, yeah, abandoning that. Okay, well, no, forgive me for bring, bringing it back to the comparison, and maybe mm. it's because I'm not a woman. But so uh, those qualities that you're saying that maybe some men might have it more than some women, but in general, what, are you saying that God has designed women a certain way that's different that <laughs> again I'm compare making a comparison but different mm. than men and and that it that the feminine genius is inviting women the, this concept inviting women to unlock to use the, the same expression how how they've been designed by God mm. as women like I, I know sorry I'm yes just not no definitely because I suppose this um, this apostolic letter, the first apostolic letter dedicated to women, yeah. uh, came at a time in the 1980s when feminism was ripe, and it was feminism. Feminism still continues now, but back then it was uh, really shackling and repressing motherhood, okay. yes. and it was about women becoming aggressive and climbing the corporate ladder, which it still has now. But there's more of appreciation of motherhood. We've gone through a whole new, different wave of feminism, and the problem now is pop culture and how that has um, influenced women. So I think this document, in a sense, it addresses the issues that women, the obstacles and challenges that women face uh, that really oppress and put down the essence of the feminine feminine genius because so many women see femininity as a weakness okay uh, yeah and I, and I do want to talk about that about those challenges but you brought something else up uh, just to clarify you don't mean that that women are called to motherhood physical motherhood or, or do you not all women are all women are called to motherhood some it will be spiritual motherhood and some it will be physical motherhood in the sense that they're called to nurture and give love in a in a special way, yeah, that's different than men. Yes, yeah, and I, I'm 
And I suppose a beautiful example of that is just seeing how a child relates to his mother in a different way, right. how a child comes to his mother. It's a natural response, a natural way in uh, how a mother reacts to a child from how a man reacts. doesn't mean that it's a better way, yeah. um, better than men. It complements the man. Right, right. And I think when those, the gifts and the beauty of motherhood and the gifts and beauty of fatherhood, both physical and spiritual, are used, then it complements in such a beautiful way. Okay. Let's talk about the, the challenges and the obstacles, um, but just a note for anyone that might be joining the program at this at this time, you're listening to Salt and Light Radio, I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and we're talking with Therese Nichols from Australia, in case you're trying <laughs> to figure out what the accent is, um, uh, about what it means to be an authentic woman, about the feminine genius. Um, we're, we're, we're running out of time, and I, and I want to get to this last question, because uh, I suspect uh, there might be some confusion in what people are hearing. And that's good, because, because maybe you'll tell us about it. Um, wh what, what then would you tell our women listeners on how to live out their call to be authentic feminine geniuses then? I think as Christian women, we have a particular role because we as Christian women understand our dignity within God, that we were created in the image of God, that we were created in his absolute complete beauty and love. So therefore, we have that beautiful, um, we can have that beautiful relationship with him and we understand the morals and virtues of what we're called to be. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we're called to be leaders of authentic beauty, of authentic femininity in the world. So I think when we're truly united to the heart of Christ through the sacraments, through the Eucharist, mm -hmm. through a, rela a personal relationship with Christ and knowing Him, we can then radiate that love that we receive from Him to the world. It's like we're sponges. We soak in all of His gifts, all of His love, so that we can shine that out onto the world. Right. And I think when we give that, then that unlocks peace, which unlocks joy. And when women are truly make a true gift of themselves, then they become who they're meant to be. Right. And I love that quote. One of my favorite quotes is that quote from St. Catherine of Siena. Yes. If you are who you are meant to be, you'll set the world on fire. Yeah. And we as women are called to be true, authentic women, which is love. We're called to be ambassadors of love. We're called to build the civil civilization of love like men are, but as women in our own unique way in yeah. bringing the softness and gentleness that the world's thirsting for. And to understand that femininity isn't a weakness. It's what yes. the world craves. And when we are that, then men become all they're meant to be and become the masculine geniuses they're meant to be. We complement each other and we create beauty in the yeah, world. Yeah, and that's certainly, it's, it's fascinating. I, I'm, I'm still just, you can see the wheels in my, in my head turning and, and, I, and I hope that our listeners are also trying to figure out what this all means. Um, uh, we've been speaking to Therese Nichols. She's our dear Aussie intern who's been immersed for the last couple of months in the world of the feminine genius. Um, this will be the topic of an all-new Catholic focus next Wednesday, November 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific on Salt and Light Television. Be sure to tune in and continue this interesting conversation. Therese, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Petri. That conversation with Therese Nichols first aired in October 2009. If you want to find out more about the feminine genius, you should look up John Paul II's letter on the dignity and vocation of women. You can find it on the Vatican website, vatican.va. But if I can also recommend a book, it's by Genevieve Kinnicky. It's called The Authentic Catholic Woman. Check out the website, feminine 
genius.com. And now that you heard all about it here, you can also write to us and share with us your comments on what it means to be an authentic woman. Our email is radio at saltandlighttv.org. Hi, this is Chris Bray, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio on the Catholic Channel, Sirius 159 and XM 117. When our kids were younger, we found it really hard to find good quality Catholic music and stories for kids. I particularly was looking for recordings, stories that we could listen to in the car. And I tell you, it wasn't easy. But then I heard about Cat Chat, and I must say that I was not disappointed. We've been hearing a couple songs so far in the program, but have a more of a listen. Hello, and welcome to Cat Chat, the Catholic audio show for kids. My name is Moses. The Family Cat, and I'll be your host for this all-new and exciting audio show. Cat Chat, where I learn more about Jesus. Cat Chat, my faith grows with Cat Chat. where I learn more about Jesus. Cat Chat, my faith grows What's Cat Chat, you say? Well, let me tell you, over the next half hour, you and I will be listening to a lot of Catholic chat. That's right, a lot of cat chat. We'll join Josh, Hannah, and their papa for an amazing time of faith-filled stories, cool conversations, great songs, and prayer. So, stay tuned. Cat chat, my faith grows with cat chat. It's fun, it's exciting. Remember? The family cat. It's Saturday night and I'm home all alone. That great family I live with, Josh, Hannah, and Papa, well, they just stepped out to go to church. Gee, I wonder why they never take me along. No pets allowed, I guess. Well, I'm sure I'll get the inside scoop when they get back. They always come home talking about what went on at Mass. I'm curious to hear what they'll chat about this time. This way, I get to learn a thing or two about what the Catholic faith is all about. Who knows? Maybe you will, too. Oh, my. I hear them coming. Well, I'll see you all later. Oh, yeah. And hey, enjoy the show. Okay, kids, it's getting late. It's time to get ready for bed. Aw, can't you tell us one story before bed? Yeah, your stories are great, Papa. And besides, it's not that late. Well... I suppose we have a little bit of time for a story. Actually, I have just the perfect one in mind. But first, get your PJs on. I'll put a log on the fire, and then I'll get us something to drink. Yahoo! Come on, Hannah. I'll race ya. That was a clip from Cat Chat, the Catholic audio show for kids. And to talk to us all about it, we have joining us right now on the phone, the Cat Chat man himself, Gerald Montpetit. Welcome to the show, Gerald. Well, thank you very much. We've had a chance to listen to a bit of the program, and we've heard some okay. songs, so I think people kind of get a little bit of what chat is. Um, but yeah. I want to go kind of even way back to, I don't know, it's been six years, eight years. How did you and your wife, Denise, come up with this idea to do this program? Well, it's kind of neat how it all evolved. Um, Denise, uh, at the time, we were just, uh, you know... Freshly having kids, we firstly had our uh, our little girl Vanessa. She was just six months old at uh-huh. the time, and she was teaching in schools. Denise was teaching, and she was looking for resources herself. Yeah. Couldn't find anything that was solidly Catholic, 
and uh, we just started praying about what you know God may be calling us to because we I had presently uh, been working in a studio recording other Catholic artists yeah and uh, I had a bank of about forty songs not knowing what they were going to be used for songs that you had so written. we started started praying and, and seeing what God really wanted here Denise is a great uh, a great writer and she started writing some script uh-huh. and uh, we just started listening to other ideas that were out there that. Uh, you know, something like Focus on the Family has, but it just it was good, but just not Catholic. So we said, hey, let's see what uh, we can do, see what uh, our talents and gifts God's given us to use for His glory. Right, so you've written a lot of the songs, and Denise has writes most of the scripts? That's... Denise writes all the scripts on all these six CDs in the series, uh-huh. and uh, and I wrote all the songs and uh, put the production together. So, so one CD actually has about 50 different people involved, so it's quite an undertaking. Wow. And and, yeah. and and so there are six volumes. There's the one Correct. about Mary, Jesus in my heart. There's the one about saints, about the mass, the Christmas one, and there's a new, the Easter one, right? Um, That's correct, yeah. How, and I, I know that there's a lot of prayer that goes in, into these w- between you and your family, but why, mm-hmm. why these particular topics? Well, we want to emphasize the basics of the faith, uh, kind of the pillars that keep us as Catholics, you know, going. So Mary, which is a real cornerstone, uh, for us as a family, and I think for us as a church, uh, Mary has always been such an instrument to lead us to Christ. Yeah. So we started with her. We consecrated our ministry to Mary, to our Blessed Mother. Okay. And uh, and from there, we uh, we decided the next one would be on the Eucharist, which was on Jesus in my heart. Okay. And then another pillar, obviously, the heroes of our faith, the saints. And the right. Mass came after that. And uh, the next two, we kind of wanted to target a bit of a secular audience, you know, to reach them with just the different holidays of the season. So we really decided to do something on Christmas and Easter so that we can draw them in right. for the rest of the series and hopefully, you know, teach them what the faith really teaches. Right. Now, just a note for anyone that might be joining us at this point. You're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro, and we're speaking with Gerald Montpetit about his ministry that he shares with his family, Cat Chat, the audio program, the Catholic audio program for kids. Gerald, I was very intrigued by because what you and Denise did is you really took responsibility for your children's religious education. Now, I know you homeschool your kids, right. um, yeah. but not everybody does that. But I still think that parents really need to... Um, here in Ontario, we have a Catholic school system, but mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of parents that that force that makes them be a little lazy about their how they educate their kids in faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wh- how important do you think it is for parents to to really kind of take more charge of their children's faith formation? Well, I, I tell you, it's a real challenge for everyone to to uh, put that as a priority. Um, I think for us, homeschooling was a priority for us because Denise taught in the schools. Yeah. And although the schools were, you know, they were teaching Catholic courses, um, for us, we just wanted to go deeper. And and because uh, the faith was so important to us, we decided to take the plunge and and teach our kids the faith through the courses they're taking, whether it's social or uh, math. So uh, homeschooling was a great opportunity for us to try it. at the time, Denise was very close to homeschooling. Yeah, just coming from a teaching background, she got a lot of slack, and you know, got uh, you know, somewhat put in her place if you want to put it by the teachers and yeah. principals there. But, but I think uh, it's it's really bearing good fruit for us, and we've been, you know, we, there's no regrets whatsoever for, right. for taking that route. Now, part of the Cat Chat ministry, since we're talking about education, is not just the Cat Chat programs, because you also mm-hmm. have now I know a Vacation Bible School program. 
Um, and tell mm. us a, f a bit about what other uh, um, things you're offering as part of your ministry. Mm. Yeah, Catch has really, you know, uh, so much opportunity to, to teach the kids. So we've developed uh, two different VBS programs. One is on Mary, uh, called Cool Kingdom Party. Oh, yeah. And the second one is on the Mass, called Marvelous Mystery. Uh -huh. And we released that one in February, and it's been really taken off. Oh, yeah. uh, that VBS has reached so many kids. We're so blessed to hear from emails and phone calls about families being touched by this VBS. Great. And we have a third one going to be released uh, in spring of 2011, which will be on the Saints. And uh, we're, we're somewhat following the same pattern as our CDs. Okay. Because a lot of the formation can come from those, and we just build on that to make a program that's mm -hmm. easy to use. And, uh, and parishes are just are just loving it because there's not much Catholic no. formation for vacation Bible schools. No, there isn't. You're right. Now no. you also you also oh, have there. sorry you also have now that the concert that you're doing the Catch at Live. So how does that mm. kind of fit into the whole ministry? Well, that's been a neat a neat turn for me. The concerts was never really a, an important part for me because uh, just being a, kind of a, a presence was hard. Excuse me, it was hard for me. So. Uh, God eventually changed my heart, and what was just going to be myself and Moses the cat eventually evolved into evolved into a, a full family production. Yeah, I know. Where we go out uh, as a family together, we travel for uh, four months of the year. Yeah. So we go two months in the spring. We uh, we travel different areas, and then we go two months in the fall, and we we have a, a complete family um, involvement. So my son Dominic, eleven on drums. Yeah. Um, he does some unicycling, and my son Jerome on the bongos. Rianne helps out now with uh, stage presence with the kids. She's 13. Right. And, uh, and my wife does the soundboard and the tracks. So it's it's a family venture, and it's been a great opportunity for us to travel and, and to really uh, show other families that uh, the emphasis on family life is so important. Right. So And, and we share, that, we share that in our concerts, how important family is to do things as a family. And I just feel blessed that I can do this as a, as a ministry for sure. And, and and again, the content of the concert is also based some of the some of the songs that are in the program, the the audio program, and some of the the same stories, same messages. Uh, pretty well, yeah. We use the songs, that kind of the favorites that, that uh, people over the years have just loved. And we do some unicycling, some juggling. There's a lot of fun with yeah. the cat coming in and out. And uh, and this tour specifically, our theme is on on a challenge, and basically we're challenging uh, kids to take five minutes a day to to pray. We're challenging to pray. We have uh, something called uh, a new way to pray, which is which is called the cat chat way to pray. Yeah, yeah. An acronym that we can go through, and uh, we go through with the kids. So we're basically challenging them to create a prayer spot, a corner where they can go pray, or an area. Uh, to take five minutes to pray there, and then to pass it on to others, what they're learning, what God's doing with with their life, and Great. To just challenge them to get away from their DS, you know, the internet, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So you're you're giving them homework. That's great. That's good. Um. Uh. So you're in Florida now. You're going to be in Florida next week, and then the following week you go to uh, Louisiana. I know that you're going to be. So if we have any listeners in in that part of the world, uh, th I know there's shows in Lafayette, Louisiana. You're going to be in Texas the week after that. There's two shows in San Antonio, and then uh, several other uh, towns, and then in Nevada, and then you're back mm -hmm. in Canada in on November 4th. And then you said so you'll, there'll be a new tour in the spring, and people can get all this information if they're interested in uh, attending or finding out if there's a Cat Chat concert in your town 
at the CatChat website, catchat.ca. That's, that's correct. Um, Gerald, that's all the time we have. But thank you so, so much for, for being part of this. Liz, I, I love this stuff. And I, I told you earlier on the phone that my kids are a little, a little too old for CatChat now, but we spent a lot of, lot of time when they were younger listening mm-hmm. to a lot of these. So I'm a great fan. Um, so well, you guys thank you so much, Pedro, for the opportunity to share what we're doing and, uh, and keep up the good work with what uh, you're doing at Salt and Light. Thanks, thanks a lot. So we'll be in touch, okay? All right. That was thanks so much, Pedro. No problem. That was Gerald Montpetit. He's the Cat Chat man. If you want to find out more about Cat Chat, again, uh, their website is uh, catchat.ca. You can find out about the concert or how to order the CDs, everything you need to know about CatChat is there and write to us let us know what other resources you've found to help uh, teach your kids the faith write to us at radio at saltandlighttv.org and now here's another song from CatChat this one is from the second volume Jesus in My Heart and it's a song called Jesus My Faith is in You over the years I've come to realize that it's Jesus who carries us through the ups and downs of everyday life and I'm so thankful that we have hope and faith in Christ Jesus. Remember, when we stay super close to Jesus, He promises that He will guide us and lead us because Jesus knows what's best for each one of us. And that brings us to the end of this special edition of Salt and Light Radio. Remember to visit our website, saltandlighttv.org radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Talk to you next week.